Welcome to episode 10 of the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And today I'm joined by special guest, Neil Partridge. Neil, do you want to introduce yourself? Good morning, Kelly. Good to be here. Yes, I'm Neil Partridge, Operations Director at PPA Legal. And uh, I've been been working with uh, Kelly and the databasics team for a couple of years now. Yeah, uh, so um, I won't say any more, actually. I could I could talk for a long time on me, but <laughs> thank you very much for inviting me. No worries. And I know that we've got some juicy subjects to talk about today. So we're going to talk about the government's announcement to open pubs and restaurants, which we're both excited about. But it comes with a caveat of a few data protection issues in terms of contact tracing. And then we're going to talk about software suppliers and what their responsibilities should be under the regulation and a few pieces of advice that we think we can give. So I know, Neil, that when we spoke earlier this week, we both got a little bit excited by pubs and restaurants opening, but we also got a little bit vexed about the government's decision to ask those restaurants to collect contact details. What's your initial views on that from your perspective? You mean apart from colossal excitement to be able to go out to a restaurant again? (laughs) Apart from that. (laughs) Well, you know, when that news came through, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry because it was, we've got a favourite restaurant locally and I I was, my uh, my partner came out of the garden with her iPad, bear in mind we're booking this online, different story, to say your rest, your favourite restaurant's open, shall we go? So the lockdown for this, uh, the rules change on the 4th of July. Uh, we're going on the 9th. So let's just say it was a big event for us. It's huge. And I, although this particular restaurant only allows you to book online, and I, as I understand it, people will be encouraged to book in advance. Um, I imagine there's going to be a rush on these things. In there. So what controls are in place, Kelly? Where, where are they going to take us? I think it's really interesting because I, New Zealand, who a lot are seen as being very well organised with their COVID lockdown, in March introduced this approach and they said where people don't have systems to use paper records and then destroy the paper records after eight weeks this country has said you know 21 days you have to destroy the information but for me the interesting thing about New Zealand was that even with paper records there were breaches that happened and people that had gone to the restaurant had suddenly started finding themselves being tagged in posts being invited to connect on Facebook so they felt a little bit uncomfortable with the misuse of their information and I think for me that's the concern I have is the temptation to one how does a how does a restaurant actually collect this information if they have no system if it's paper records how are you going to keep it safe and and how do you Sheer away from you want to grow your business. A massive list of contacts that's quite tempting to add them to a mailing list. I suppose, how would you feel if you're? I mean, you want to hear from your favorite restaurant, but would you expect the wait staff to be trying to connect with you on social media? Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. I mean, that's terrible abuse of the system. But let's uh, let's be honest. I mean, if I if I was to trawl the BBC News website or any not plugging that website by the way, but trawling any news website. I'd have no trouble at all finding out where somebody had pushed the wrong button and connected a marketing database with another database. I mean, you know, good things start at home and the same thing goes with processes, policies, procedures, controls. What are you telling your staff exactly and how it's supposed to be used? What policy do you have for this that controls this? Because one of the things I'm going to be doing is saying, fine, you want to collect my data because the government says you're going to. I'm looking forward to this meal, but I want to know how you're going to use my data. I want to feel confident that you're controlling it appropriately. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to be alone in that. I think a number of people will be excited and will want to book. I think the challenge is if it's you and your partner, you would have given your details as part of the booking, but now you need to give over your guests' details as well because everybody needs to be, data needs to be collected. And I think that's that's really interesting because a lot of the wait staff have 
probably not and i might be uh, talking out of out of course with this but i don't think a lot of wait staff would have necessarily been given data protection training they've been told to collect something and your first connection is going to be with them not the owner and you may feel a little uh, not confident about how they're processing your information because they can't tell you how it's going to be used other than they've been told to collect it well, there's a couple of points straight off the bat there. I mean, you've two raw nerves, actually, on that one. I'd say, first of all, let's look at the first part, your guests. Really good point. In the history of, of restaurants and bars, is it possible that somebody may have been in a restaurant or bar with someone they shouldn't have been? I'll say no more. Yeah. But you've now got their data. Now, imagine that marketing email going to you at home and your other half saying, yeah. yes, we enjoyed having you here on the 9th of July. Yeah. By the way, I am going with my partner on the 9th. <laughs> July. We hope to see you both here again. And your partner says, but I wasn't with you on the 9th of July. I mean, there's there's immediate damage. Uh, but I think the other thing to remember is who is actually collecting this data now? The, the food service industry, the hospitality industry is going to be the industry probably and health and gyms and things as well. The hardest hit industry, one of them without doubt. Now yeah. look at the demographic, look who works for them. Yeah. Now we're talking about uh, quite often young people working very long hours for, for not a lot of money. And I've got a lot of respect for them. But they are the same demographic who have who don't know what life is like without a smartphone. Yeah. They've grown up with the internet, they've grown up with data. And that means they accept, a lot of them accept, sending and receiving data is just, you've got to do it to, to live in this modern yeah. world. So how much, I'm not saying they're not careful, but I would say you, so it ought to a group of people who think data is just like bread and butter in terms of existence, how do you effectively communicate to them what they need to do? I think that's a really good point. And obviously there is a very shameless plug I'm about to make. We have introduced our toolbox where we do have that kind of practical communication to your staff about why you collect information, how it's collected, how it's stored and stuff. Very simple messaging in cards and when um, we've designed that. But even if you weren't interested in our toolbox, you have to provide some kind of communication to your frontline staff. You have to be able to give them a, these are, might be some of the questions that you may be asked. This is how to answer them in the best way possible. Because if they don't, people are going to start complaining and feeling uncertain about how you're using their information. And that could just be as damaging for you when you're trying to fill your restaurant with capacity. And this may see, be seen as a, uh, as a barrier. Well, let me, I mean, let me give you I mean, the two, I was gonna bring into this sort of, you know, like two areas. Mm -hmm. uh, what we're talking about here, by the way, this isn't new. Uh, it's not new by a long shot. I was talking to a separate colleague a couple of months ago and um, before the lockdown actually, and they've been to test drive a car and they're buying a car from a secondhand car, an independent car dealer. They were going very green, getting an electric car and they were going to buy this. And they had to, to do a test drive. They had to hand over a copy of their driver's license. Oh, okay. And of course, uh, my, uh, the, the chap I know actually said, okay, so, cause he having not talked to me about this. He actually challenged the dealer. What do you do with this information? I mean, you only need it for 30 days, just in case we take the car and decide to, you know, run a red light and you need to know who was driving the car that day. And the dealer said, I haven't got a clue. My boss keeps these for years. Yeah. So it's the, the, there's nothing new about this at all. This has been going on for some time, and but people just don't realise where it's where it's happening. And it comes down to training. 
It does very much so. But I also think, which is kind of a segue into our next conversation, there is a, a responsibility on the software systems as well that are being used to prompt you about possible retention periods to say, do you still need this information? And I know the other subject that we've talked about this week is the position that software vendors, where they are providing these potential tools to um, software suppliers, in, uh, sorry, restaurants and pubs in a very short amount of time because they've only got 10 days before they open. They may be pushing their sales pitch, but may not necessarily uh, wish to demonstrate just how compliant they are with the regulation. Or in fact, in some cases, I've seen software vendors refuse to sign contracts with restaurants because they don't feel it's their responsibility to do so. So I was just interested in um, what your views were or your experience with software vendors who are feel that they might be slightly above the regulation. This is massive. It's like standing on the, an earthquake fault line and you've got your insurer probably and your regulator on the other side of the fault line and they know the ground's going to give way underneath you. Uh, this is also actually where cyber touches on data protection, very much so, because cyber controls are part of the data protection regime. Uh, but of course, we're also talking about gathering bits of paper and recording things on paper as well. Uh, it's going to play a huge role in it. I mean, we, I'd like to dig into that a little bit more. But what I would say is that we know now that in, because of remote working and what's been going on, but also because of these new regulations, the new, if you like, ways of working for restaurants and others, because health clubs are going to go down the same route, yeah. uh, public public ones, that's coming. I can't wait, but it is coming. The insurers are waiting for the fallout, where there are claims, and also as the regulator, where subject access requests are, are, are missing. But it's very important, I mean, touching on the software aspect of this, it's very important to know what software you're going to be using to collect yeah. this, how that's going to work. Who runs that software? Have they been trained to use the software? Um, let's hope nobody's using Windows 7 still. But you need to know what software your team is using and that it is up to date, how it's connected, how it's controlled. I know you jest with the Windows 7 because we all know there are a lot of companies out there that are very much on that and do have this known vulnerabilities of a system that's no longer uh, supported. I suppose you made a really good point about if there is a breach, if there's no contract between the restaurant and their software supplier, the ICO, and it's a significant breach, the ICO um, are likely to ask, I want to know the relationship that you have with the different parties that are processing your information. And if there isn't one, it could be it could look bad on both parties so well, let's, let's be honest about this it's not an option no but i think to some bigger software vendors it is an it feels like it is optional to them that they can apply their power and say no no and we're giving you the system you're paying for the system we're not going to sign uh, your agreements we are compliant some of them are going to get a nasty shock yeah some of them get a nasty shock i mean without let's you know we're not going to get all techno speak no but let's just, you know, we, uh, it has to be realised that there is a requirement in law, in regulation, that a processor agreement is in place. Yeah. And to do that, you have to understand who's the controller and who's the processor. And these, are, again, we're going down sort of slightly yeah. technical areas here. But I can tell you, I have come across two things which have made my hair stand on end. <laughs> I do an awful lot of work in a heavily regulated area, an area that comes, the legal sector comes in for a lot of criticism, mm -hmm. um, but it is heavily regulated. There are two things I've come across recently, and they're both involving the heavy use of software. But you could translate this into any industry, yeah. including restaurants and pubs. In fact, they may even deal with more data subjects or, or people like us. So one instance was I actually had a have two or three different clients that a, a software provider that does the case management system, which 
in rough terms is basically if you're a client, you go to a law firm, it's how they manage your bio, your case, your matter, yeah. your emails, your documents, everything. And uh, of course, changing a case management system involves the transfer on the internet of enormous amount of personal data. And bearing in mind that some of these case files are very personal uh, about things like children uh, yeah. and whatnot. Now, you need to do, again, data protection speak, a data protection impact assessment. Uh, I have heard of software providers saying, don't worry about that, we'll give you one for free. You can use our templates. Now, bearing in mind that the, if you think about the cocktail of, of data protection, no, I, I will actually give a thousand pounds to anybody who can prove they manage data in the same way as any other organization, because they do wow. not. The cocktail is stratospheric. Yeah. Um, who are you dealing with? How are you dealing with them? What are you doing with them? What's your history? What software are you using? It's a cocktail. And yeah. the parameters, the, the different variants are in the billions. You're more likely to win the lottery 10 times in your life yeah. than, than do that. So if you think about all of that, someone's saying, yes, we'll give you a document that tells you exactly what your risks are according to your business. I've said this before, and I'm going to be controversial. They're being economical with the truth to borrow a phrase from Parliament. Yeah, and I think that's, I think both of us could talk about this for a very long time. I think you're very true. I think the very practical thing I would say to anyone listening to this is where they are being told they can be provided with a risk assessment from the vendor, I would urge anybody to do their own one because it's their responsibility to do so, not the software vendor's uh, responsibility to do it for you. So that has been 15 minutes, Neil. That's Wow. super quickly i'd like to say to anyone listening if anyone um, wants to take neil up on his offer or wants to challenge me or neil with anything we've said use that um coffee at dbxuk.com and we'll happily come back uh with any answers uh next week i'm sure neil will join us again in the future um and then i decided to say we have also launched our gdpr uh, toolbox which has things such as helping you with subject access requests managing data breaches practical tools uh, like a software register and the advice about um, practical guidance to uh, staff so if you're interested you can book a demo um and again please do email us at coffee at dbxuk.com so Neil, thank you very much uh, for joining. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Kind of enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Uh, you can listen to this on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So we'll see you uh, next week. <laughs>